Welcome to the Knock Knock Who's There podcast, the official voice of the Knock Academy. At the Knock Academy, we help busy parents and professionals like you move more and feel great via online group and one-on-one coaching. And this podcast will do the same. Each week on the show, your hosts, Gareth and Nikki Knock, will be talking to Knock Academy members about their fitness successes and struggles. We will also feature health and fitness experts sharing useful information and tips to help you achieve your goals. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Janessa. Janessa Gasman here. Hi, welcome to the show. Come on in, have a chat. And also, Nikki's here too. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey, Janessa. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Nikki. Everyone listening, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. We are excited to dive into an awesome chat with Janessa. Janessa, thank you for being here. Everyone listening, Janessa is just just an all-round great human being, but also a yoga teacher, also a, I'm going to call you a marketing whiz and a author. And today we are going to dive into um, the world of being an author, and I'm sure we'll touch on the other things too, and they're all very intertwined into this as well. But we're going to talk about Little Yogi's Big Feelings, which is your book. And we're going to hear all about this. We've had some great experiences uh, as a family with your book. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. And we just wanted to share the the absolutely amazing, what do we call it, product, book, thing, influence in life with everybody. So um, I'd love to just kick off with kind of hearing a little bit about why you wrote the book and how it came about. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that introduction. Um, So, I mean, I've been teaching for over 10 years, as you had mentioned. Um, In particular, I've had so much enjoyment in watching kids in the kids' classes, just the wonder and the joy that they have. There's a lightness and a presence to it. And also, too, in the family yoga classes, just, again, watching family members interact and engage and discover together in such a heartfelt way, it's so rewarding. Um, and, and the time just could not be more more perfect. With the impact of COVID on mental health, just the decline, I just thought kids need a tool to, to help manage that. There's been research from the Hospital of Sick Kids that shows the majority of kids have experienced harm to their mental health from the pandemic. And I know the pandemic is, for the most part, we hope in the past, but the the effects of it are so long lasting. There's been greater stress from social isolation, including, you know, the cancellation of important events for kids, the loss of in-person social interaction, and that's all strongly associated with mental health deterioration. Um, They've also done research based on across six domains of mental health, depression, anxiety, irritability, attention span, lack of attention span, hyperactivity, obsessions, compulsions, and they've reported deterioration by 70% in school-aged children, 6 to 18, and by 66% of preschool-aged children, 2 to 5. So this really underscored the importance of, you know, the social, the social aspect of connecting and extracurricular activities for school for schools and kids like recreation and milestone events and also to the impact of covid on physical activity and the decrease of it they reported five percent of five percent of canadian children met the basic needs for the physical activity guidelines during the pandemic 
And, and of course, the, the Toronto District School Board reported that students' low physical activity has been due to, you know, physical distancing measures, increased remote learning, and kids just being more sedentary. So I, I just felt like there, there needed to be a tool for kids today in their homes with their families to help them cope with all of this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's huge and actually quite shocking for me that two to five-year-olds still saw that deteriorate 66% of kids that age. And I think we'd all be, all be in a similar headspace of, well, two to five, like they don't really remember, right? Like COVID babies or kids that it were, you know, are, you know, at home for, for multiple years and not interacting, how much that would affect their mental health. And it, and it obviously does. And actually our, our door still talks about how I didn't celebrate my fourth birthday, did I? I did, we stayed and we did obviously celebrate it at home, but in her memory, it was kind of like a missed birthday. And I think it impacts it. it, it it's, it's shocking. But then also when I think about it, it, it makes sense that those younger kids were still, you know, there's still some trauma. They still experienced that. Right. And it's probably going to have to work through that in some capacity now or in the future. Absolutely. And hearing, you know, just, just 5% of children hit basic physical activity and, you know, I know, I'll be honest, I know the number's pretty low, irrespective of the pandemic. This was always something that was highlighted, right? That we need to get our children away from uh, devices and and out to exercise, whatever exercise looks like. So that that for me was, was the biggest shocker, um, especially as I'm sure there was a time there where everyone was walking the dog. <laughs> that everybody suddenly had a dog and we're going for you know five walks a day with the dog well that's what we did anyways that's that's how uh how we got around it in our excuse but you know in in, in all seriousness though you know it's that's that's a real shocking percent and i think my concern now and maybe this is your concern janessa and a reason as well for writing the book is what if we're still at five percent and the pandemic like you mentioned is kind of hopefully behind us what if we haven't made any headway on that because that has now become the norm absolutely absolutely the, as i mentioned the, the long-lasting effects i mean some of the behavior that had been developed over over the pandemic um they're still they're still with us and a shift needs to be made so just bringing the awareness of the importance of the physical activity the emotional and uh mental wellness and mental activity is, is so important. It's, it's really a holistic approach to health and wellness, especially for kids. Yeah, yeah, that that's so powerful. And I think we can all be so aware we live in a world where it's easy to, there's easy options, right? There's easy options. And it's, it's, you can take those easy options. And it's harder sometimes to take the harder choice, right? And you know, get that movement, get that activity, encourage our kids to do those things. Cause it can be a challenge because really your kid want, you want to play video games or go for a walk. Most of the time they're going to say play video games. Right. So there's that, there's that challenge there. And it's about, you know, you mentioned like kind of getting them off devices, but you know, to expand on that further is getting them managing their time on those things because they're going to be part of their lives. You know, we got young, you know, a six-year-old, so technology is going to be part of her life. However, how do we manage that and build good relationships? And that's a, big challenge 
That's huge. That's huge. And that's why um, I think the family, the family element of it is so important. And hence why I sort of mentioned it at the beginning. Um, A lot falls on the parents or the guardians or, you know, the caregivers. And it's, it's really those people. and, And this book is really geared to, to those people. And just to be able to, you know, have that awareness that, and bring their kids along that journey with them. And, and it's for the kids and it's actually for all of them really. Um, but it's, it's a lot falls on the, the caregivers or guardians and parents. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's find out a bit more. We kind of know why this book was written. Now we need to know a little bit about what is the book? What the, what is the book all about? And obviously I mentioned the title already, but I'd love to just uh, for you to share a little bit about what's what's in it and you know and how how does it how does it work to support everything we've been talking about yeah thank you um yeah this is this is really a book about cultivating emotional awareness at an early age and how to manage it um again just going back to some of the numbers the national academy of science uh, just published a study and they suggest that there is there are as many 20 as 27 categories of emotions so although these aren't all distinct, they are experienced along a spectrum. So the book is really based on the premise that there are three components to every emotion. The first being the physical component. So there are bodily sensations associated with different emotions. And this will always, always, always be the first reaction to an emotional situation. Sometimes it can be tricky, though. Some some of the physical manifestations and sensations may be similar to different emotions. So sensations of excitement might be similar to to, similar to sensations of anxiety. And similarly, sensations of fear may resemble sensations of anger. So it's important to note that this is only one of the components of an emotion and, in, and how to identify it. Um, the second, I guess, is the cognitive or the thinking component. And this is arguably the most important part of our thoughts. Um, as our thoughts and emotions are inseparable. Oftentimes, it's not the external circumstance that dictates how we feel, but it's how we perceive them with our lens. So the good news is, is we can learn how to control our feelings by changing our thoughts. And I guess the third component is the behavioral component. Um, Our emotions call for action. So what this component is, is that it's when a person, what a person, sorry, does when they feel an emotion. So it's that that behavior that comes out of that emotion. So this book is completely based on that premise. Um, it's also important to note that emotions are different from feelings. Emotions are universal to all human beings. So they're primal responses to positive or negative triggers. And everyone can experience them at a higher intensity or a lower intensity. And also, too, I I just did want to point out that feelings represent uh, the different ways you experience emotions. So the feelings arise as a reaction to the emotional responses. And those two can differ from person to person. So they're very different things. um, And the book helps identify the, the difference and how they manifest. Uh, what I love doing 
um, what I love doing with this work with the kids in particular is that it gives them vocabulary, it gives them language so that they can label and communicate what they're experiencing and express their needs in a healthy way as a result. The book also emphasizes that there are no positive or negative emotions. It's how we express our feelings that can be perceived as positive or negative. So, you know, anger isn't a bad emotion, but it's how we express it that can determine whether it, it manifests in a healthy, in, in a healthy way, in, in a positive or negative way. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think that even the, I would say I'm fairly, uh, uh, I hate this word, but enlightened when it comes to these things over years of, you know, working on it myself, but to see it, you know, and hear it explained like that's really powerful that, you know, that, that we can kind of the, the emotion is neutral, if you like, and then we just have to figure out how we respond to that. And I think that works in, in everything, like you said, right, you can feel that, you know, anger can be there. And there's a big difference between going and calming yourself down and, you know, throwing something through the window. <laughs> there's a big difference right like those reactions and trying to manage those reactions is mm -hmm. is key and i think that helps with definitely helps with my own personal emotions but also when parenting as well like to explain mm -hmm. you're going to react a certain way can we find a better you know can we find a, a way to react that doesn't you know smash a toy and break it and whatever it might be so yeah it's powerful and i, I kind of like you said that like as a parent because i think this this content let's be honest uh, is relevant for everybody, yeah. uh, not just a, you know, a six-year-old, but standing here as a 43-year-old, you know, how I choose to express myself through the emotions I'm feeling is still a decision that I have to make day to day. And I'm sure you're probably the same, Janessa. Uh, Gareth, you're the same. So, you know, I feel like this book is so powerful for for not just, you know, the children, but the parents. So reading it together and coming together like this, um, you know, as you go through the content, I think it's helpful for everybody and especially you know for the kids you know I'm, I'm kind of listening to what you're saying and putting this into you know into context in my own life that sometimes with a six-year-old um she can't find the words to actually verbalize what she's feeling so you know this is a great way as well to aid communication because some of the um behavior let's just say as an adult in response to the child is because maybe the child can't communicate so that level of understanding and increasing communication i think is key for us to regulate what we're doing as adults uh, and to also help empower the child um, and their responses too exactly it that is so you know you hit the nail on the head um, I have, uh, there's a principal that came to me that uses it in his, in his school. And, you know, prior to really focusing on sort of awareness and emotional intelligence, um, he would ask, you know, some of the kids, why did you, why did you do that? Why did you throw that at that other person? And they, many times they just didn't have the language. They didn't, they didn't even understand why they did that. So this this absolutely to your point, Nikki, it it helps give a bit of awareness in addition to the language. Mm. Yeah, that that's so true. I actually remember listening to a, a book some time ago, a parenting book, and them saying exactly that that the when you're when you ask a child, especially a younger child, why they did something, basically it was kind of encouraging the listener to lean away from using that kind of why did you do something language because it 
automatically causes them to shut down that's their response to not knowing how to express themselves they just say nothing and do nothing and then you don't get rather than saying i see you reacted like this you know maybe you were feeling this or whatever it might be right is there another way we could react maybe you know how are you feeling when you did it because how are you feeling when you did it? it's a lot different to why you did it right and and that i thought was really powerful so i think that all kind of links mm. in i'm also thinking that you know everything we're talking about we have a you know a big you know listenership in the fitness world both fitness professionals and fitness consumers and i'm kind of drawing some parallels here with the actions that we take and don't take or the reaction the feelings we have to what comes up in life and i think about this from when somebody is looking at getting started with an exercise program or getting started with a nutrition plan when what comes up a lot of the time for people is fear because they're scared of, can I commit to this? Can I do this? Is it going to get me the results I want? How hard is it going to be? Can I stick to it? You know, all of these things that come up and some of them are definitely, uh, definitely valid. Um, you know, and people feel scared about those things. And often then what happens is we, we act based on that feeling, right? That's when we feel that fear, we then shut down or like we experience people will reach out and inquire and then you get ghosted. So their response is that they feel a certain way and then they back out because that, that's their response, right? Their response is, is get out of this situation because I feel uncomfortable. Other people just take action and say, right, well, I feel like this. I feel scared, but I'm just going to do it anyway because if I don't, I'm never going to get there. And I think that's powerful, right, for all of us to understand that it, as a fitness professional that sometimes it's not you. <laughs> it's the person, the consumer. And if you're a consumer, know that, you know, you, you're going to react in a certain way and, and, and that's okay. You, you can come into an environment like, you know, a gym or a, you know, a nutrition coaching or something like that. And it's okay to be scared and be fearful and know that those things exist for all of us. Exactly. I think a lot of these skills um, will help with resilience and leaning into discomfort. So even if that first step of taking an action is uncomfortable, it's something that, you know, that, if they take pause and sort of recall their why, then they'll then they can sort of over overstep those those boundaries or those self limiting beliefs. And this book really touches on you know being able to be to to build those resilient skills. Um, so to your point, this this is absolutely for adults as much as it is for kids. There's so many times it's it's a practice. It's like a muscle. So it's a practice that. We can continue to do over and over and over again just to be able to get in touch. It, it can be, it's, well, this, this book obviously encourages it to be daily practice for kids, but absolutely for adults and even more on more than once on a daily basis, really, um, because emotions are fe and feelings are changing constantly in response to external circumstances, in response to internal dialogue that we sometimes start to go into with ourselves that that can be potentially very um, destructive and self-limiting. And that goes back to, to your comment, Gareth, about, you know, people uh, being people, you know, sticking, staying with their fear. So, so this, this practice really allows them to sort of step outside of that, for sure. Absolutely for, for adults, as much as it is for kids, but if it can be taught at a younger age and the muscle be practiced a lot more often than as adults, it, their relationship, I mean, it, it manifests itself in so many ways in their life. 
Mm, absolutely. So, so Janessa, so I've got the book. I'm sitting down with my child. I open the book. How do I use it? Like, tell me, you know, tell me how to get the most out of, out of this book and what you, you know, in your ideal as the author wanted individuals to, to get from it. Mm. That's good. This is, we wanted to make it a little bit unique. And also we wanted to make sure we empowered kids or the reader and we gave them the reader emotional rights. So um, it's self-guided completely. So the first step we ask the reader to do is sort of to get quiet and bring their awareness to their body. As fitness professionals, we do know that, you know, the mind-body connection is so strong. So just bringing our, just bringing our awareness back to the body. And, and then we ask them to certain, to check out certain areas of the body and help identify emotions. So really, um, there are prompts in the book that ask, you know, how is your breathing? Is it rapid? Is it slow? Is it comfortable? How is your heart rate? And then moving along the body, other prompts like, how is your stomach feeling? Are there are there butterflies in it? Um, is it feeling okay? Is it upset? Upset? And then just asking the reader to check out different areas of their of their body. Um, and then once they're able to do that, they helps that helps self identify the, the consequent feeling. And we ask them to turn to that page of corresponding feelings, where the reader will be asked to do a breathing exercise, we know how important the breath is. Um, and, and then we move on to a short series of yoga poses. And these yoga poses are distinctly meant for each emotion to help regulate that emotion. So if they're feeling sort of, if they choose a feeling such as anger, it helps some of the yoga poses help ground and sort of ask, ask the reader to pause. And these are, these are yoga poses that in their body in that allow their body to do that. Um, and then we move on to uh, an affirmation, which is again, specific to that emotion. And the affirmation in this particular case, we call it a yogi promise. So it's a promise to themselves that specific day. And not only do we ask them to read it, but we ask them to repeat it so that they are able to read it and understand it the first time. And then the next few times they're able to really absorb it and really allow it to sink in. And then we, and then we ask for a journaling um, piece. So we ask the kids or the, the readers to just write, write a couple of lines about how they're feeling after this practice. So it's sort of an opportunity for them to check in at the beginning, but also check in at the end to allow them to revisit their sort of their body and their, their sort of mental state after that practice and see if there's a difference, see if there's anything new that comes up. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of the the how the how to in terms of how the book's structured. And what I really love as well, um, having done this myself with Harley, and we did it together. We did the poses, we did the breathing, we did it, all of the activities together. Um, the poses are um, associated with animals, and I think that's that's really you know 
eye-catching for, for children and you know it's it's colorful the diagrams are colorful the shapes look like fun immediately so it really encourages the kids um well certainly Harley <laughs> to get to get moving so I really liked how you've how you've done that thank you yes definitely the animals help the kids um first of all have fun and it's it's a relatable it's a it's something that's really relatable I know animals don't necessarily feel all, like not all animals feel all of these emotions, but certainly the expression of the emotion, they, they're able to relate a little better to, for example, a lion expressing sort of some, some angry um, ways that anger manifests. Mm -hmm. So just using animals specific to the emotion helped it be a little bit more relatable. We also used color to uh, color, the color of the emotion sort of aligns itself um, with some of the, some of the chakras <laughs> and some of the, some of the traditional ways that we associate color with emotion. So that was used in the book as well. And that makes it really easy as well for, you know, for the child to, to follow along, follow along, but also know, you know, as an adult, there's that deeper underlying reason why so it's really really smart yeah and i'll share as well and we'll, we'll we'll dive a little bit into the kind of you know the benefits for for everyone listening and kind of thinking hey this sounds like a really great tool to have is i'll share personally what i find with anything like this a book a guide uh, a process a habit like whatever it is you know when it's really working and when something is powerful when somebody takes it so for this is an example our child but it could be i also use a client as an example um is when they take that and then they use it to teach others this for me is is when we know that we, as a coach i know when i've delivered something that's really landed like i've given them a little tip about building habits i've given you know a, a tip about an exercise and they say hey i was working out with my friend at the gym yesterday and i gave them that tip and it really helped them well I, after a few days of us, you know, reading the book together, I sat down on the bed one evening. Um, I actually think it was probably straight after school. And Harley said to me, Daddy, how are you feeling? Let's have a look. Look, look, I'll show you which page number. And then she opens, Here, here's the poses you need to do. Look, do this one. Look, I'll show you how to do it. And then, so she taught me how to read. And I can't even remember now the, the, the context of the conversation, but whatever was going on, I was obviously having a struggle with something that day. Um, and she recognized that. And that only happens when you recognize it in yourself and when a tool really works. So I just want to give you a massive, you know, a massive round of applause for creating something that allows not only learning to happen and, the, and to get all the benefits from it, but when, when it's able to be replicated is when you have that ripple effect through multiple people, not just the, the initial reader of the book. I love that. I love that. I know. Um, I've, I've also got feedback from, from other readers where exactly to your point, they'll be reading it with their children and their children will identify your emotion or if through their eyes. So it kind of is, is a nice check-in for ourselves as parents and caregivers to, to see how we're being perceived and by our children as well and how we're showing up for them and how we're coming across. Um, so it's really it's it's really a nice and interesting way for also feedback for us as parents and caregivers. So 
So I think that's interesting. And it's so, it's so amazing to, to hear that Carly is also teaching you the yoga poses. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and one other point on that, I think is really powerful for, for anyone, anyone listening, but parents in particular, is that's kind of, you know, the direction of this conversation is be open to be open to other things, be curious with, you know, evolving, growing, learning as a, as a human, because it would be easy to say, well, I've got this kid's book about feelings and it's for my kid to learn about their feelings. And we realize is that they're often just mirroring us. So, you know, we've got gaps right in our emotional awareness and it would be easy to kind of poo poo a, a kid's book about feelings, emotions, and yoga and not consider that there's some power in that for us to learn. And that's a hard thing to do as a parent because we have to drop our ego and, you know, we have to, we have to open up to the fact that we can also grow and evolve and we're growing and evolving as parents and humans alongside our kids. And that's, that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, huge. Uh, yeah. Kids definitely have a lot to teach us. Uh, I know we talk about unlearning in our adult life when we're, you know, talking about so many things. And, and this is one of those times where, you know, we can, we can take to your point, put our, maybe put some of our ego aside and, and unlearn some of the things that we've been conditioned with as we grew up and, you know, have an open mind to, to what our kids are telling us. And that's, and that's really that increased self-awareness. It really helps the kids tune into their own thoughts and behaviors, obviously. And in that way, they can better understand how they're actions are affecting others um kids are who are more self-aware will always find will always find it easier to build positive relationships with peers at school um at home and any other areas and they'll be also better equipped to express themselves more effectively for sure yep we also i mean kids like have better emotional regulation um with this sort of practice the capacity, well, you have to remember that the capacity to re to regulate our emotions doesn't come naturally to us as young kids. Um, it's not a skill that we're all born with. Um, in fact, nobody is born with it. Some kids struggle with emotional regulation, even because of their, you know, some innate personality or temperament. Uh, so it's, it's a practice that really can help uh, build those skills and build some of that resilience for emotional regulation. I think emotional regulation is even up on a, a report card. I recall my son have coming home and, you know, there's a part on the report card specifically for emotional regulation. So it's, it's even, you know, it's, it's measured in school. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we can also talk to, you know, this is what you were saying with Harley is that increased in empathy as well, right? Like it's, it's taking it's taking time for children to understand uh, that they can see things going on in others and respond accordingly. So that's their own regulation, but trying to, you know, influence others around them and perhaps even then deciding what their next course of action will be, depending on another person's response. You know, and I think a lot of children just they go, 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 go. And there's no pause for or consideration of, you know, other people around them. And I know some of that is a, you know, a, a natural development. But if we can identify or help them identify that, you know, take a little look, pause, like you mentioned, 
And then let's just see how what we're doing is impacting the world around us from an early age. I think that's going to help them dial into it a lot quicker, a lot quicker. So then you do have the situations where Harley got the book out for you. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> help you. It's true. It's so true. Um, and, and we have to remember that children don't automatically understand empathy during their early years. And that's, that's okay. It's normal and it's natural. It's just part of the, the growth and development process. But to your point, it, it really helps them bring stronger relationships with others and build those, those abilities to have strong relationships with others, um, even through their social skills, you know, gaining some positive social skills as an integral part of a child's growth and development is so important. And these skills are essential, really, definitely for, for preparing young kids for a future of, you know, harmonious interactions in all areas of life. So, you know, even down to things like displaying good manners, making friends, effective communication, and, and the ability to express themselves, and especially to consider other people's feelings. So um, definitely, we talk about emotional quotient. We used to talk about EQ all the time, and even in you know the the organization or the the work world. And it, this definitely helps build that EQ um, into their personal lives, into their professional lives, and all their relationships. So um, it's definitely very important in, in to allow them to <clears throat> build a positive quality of life. Really, yeah. And then yeah. other. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's so powerful that we can show that to a younger generation. And I think a lot of people listening, if they're in a similar, similar generation to us, will know that these are things that we possibly didn't learn about. I, I don't even think I had any idea what empathy was until I was in my 30s. Like, it, it, like, and that's the honest truth. Like, I don't even know if I even knew what the word, like, I had no idea what that word was or meant, you know, right through half my adult life. So I think the fact that even if we feel like they're very young, it, it, we start to just plant the seed of what these words are and what it is. And, you know, being, you know, imagine, imagine, you know, how it would feel if, you know, this, whatever that might be, the way you do that is experiencing or exposing them to these words and these, these different emotions early on is so powerful because then they're not learning it in their thirties like me. Yeah. Back when it was just do it. Because I said so. Yeah. I'm your parent. Yeah, right. You know, and, and with no understanding as to the why. And I think that's that's powerful and empowering, right? Understanding the why means, oh, okay, you understand how, you know, parent got there rather than just just because. So, yeah, let's, let's break that mold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's not to mention all the other improved things as well that the book gives, right? Like it's also got... The reading, the writing, the increased vocabulary, like we put a lot of we put a lot of Harley's vocabulary down to loving books and wanting to read and, and, and understand it and, you know, and be able to pronounce those words and use them. So I think that's obviously really, really powerful outside of all the other amazing things that it does. Yes, yeah, and the traditional traditional skills that, that schools look for, especially um, the reading, the reading ability, um, the vocabulary especially with the journaling piece, the writing. So just uh, allowing, allowing, just bringing a holistic view and allowing all of these pieces to fit together into one purpose, um, which is, you know, emotional awareness and, and managing that. Yeah, absolutely. So now everyone tuning in and listening is saying, 
oh my gosh, I need this. Where do I get, where do I get this <laughs> little Yogi's big feelings? I need to get myself a copy so I can sort out my own emotional regulation <laughs> and maybe help my kids at the same time. Or there's maybe school teachers listening. Like, I need one of these in the classroom, whatever it might be is where do they find out a little bit more about your book, Janessa, and, and where can they get themselves a copy? Yeah, so it can be found at Chapters Indigo. So uh, if you go to chaptersindigo.ca, it's on Amazon, um, amazon.com, amazon.ca. We have events. If you go to littleyogis.ca, there are a list of events we're at. Uh, we will be at the CampFit Pro event uh, this coming August. So look for us there. We'll be on uh, one of the stages in the, in the trade show. And we look forward to seeing everyone there. Bring your kids, bring, bring your nieces, nephews, um, or just bring yourself. I love it. You can also find yourself a copy at Noch Academy Yoga. Uh, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, and if you would like a signed copy, yeah. uh, Janice is there quite regularly practicing yoga herself uh, in, in, in class. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I can't live without my yoga practice at Noch Academy. It's, it's just, it's, it's so grounding. It's so, it's such a relief to come in person after three years, three and a half years of not being able to connect in a yoga class. So uh, it's been, it's been life changing for me. And it's <laughs> given me my sanity. Love it. Good yes. to hear. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Janessa. This, this book for me, you know, personally is so awesome. I, I love yoga and all the facets of yoga. So to be able to, bring my love um, for what I do into my child's world and then for it to have such an impact on her is you know, like just win-win all around, you know? It, it, so it means a lot to me personally to share those moments with Harley and for Harley to enjoy the movement and, you know, specifically yoga as well to want to say let's do these poses in fact only last night she was having trouble calming down to go to sleep so she was doing her yogi breath she had one hand on her chest one hand on her belly um and i was like oh my heart is full my heart is full so you know to connect with you know my daughter on something that i'm so passionate about really means a lot and i you know i wish you the very best with this book it really is fantastic so thank you for creating it well thank you both so much for having me on here those stories are so heartwarming and they're heartfelt and i love love that that it's had such a positive impact on both your relationship and harley's harley's you know ability to to practice so thank you both so much of course. And uh, the last thank you goes to everyone listening today. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. I know you're absolutely itching to press pause on this and go head over to uh, wherever you, uh, you know, wherever you buy your books and, you know, and head out and grab a copy of this. So I will put all the links in the show notes. So head over there. You'll be able to find links to buy directly online. You'll find uh, links to the website so you can go find out more information and as always if uh, if this resonated with you and you think someone else needs to hear a little bit about this incredible book and listen to what Janessa has to say please share it with those people because it really helps us get these messages and important conversations out to more people that's it for this week thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode thank you so much for tuning in and remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode 
If you enjoyed the show, share it with at least one person and please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple. It really helps us reach more people. Come join our community by heading over to our website or finding us on social media. All links are in the show notes. And remember, the world of fitness is 10% facts and 90% opinion.